Dateline, April 12th, 2015, and we're recording live at the Barossa Air Show. Woo! Well, it's not really live at the Barossa Air Show. <laughs> it's finished. Yeah, okay, so it's live when it was on, but it's uh, you, Steve, me, Grant, him, Micah. And here we are on the Australia desk for episode 300 and something or other. Yeah, we don't have our notes. This is not so easy when I'm not sitting in front of my uh, studio computer, but anyway, we're here at the air show. Micah, um, you're with us now. I think you've been on an desk before. I'm pretty sure that you have. I haven't, actually. Oh, well, there you go. Well, this is Micah Lee. He's uh, been on our uh, show several times, and uh, he's our roving reporter, especially here in South Australia, where we are here on in another time zone or half time zone as it yes, turns out half an hour behind melbourne and uh it's uh yeah in the barossa valley a beautiful wine making area just north east northeast of adelaide and a lovely part of the world and uh, we've been privileged to be invited to come out here and do air show commentary and the air show has just wrapped out we're standing by the cars getting ready uh you're driving back with micah to adelaide airport and i'm driving off to um to mildura another three and a half hours before i uh, do my mega drive tomorrow out to canoundra well, there you go. Now, um, I tell you what, uh, a really great little country air show here that we've experienced today, Mike. You're, um, you're, a, you're a local around these parts. Um, I guess it's quite an enthusiastic aviation community here in South Australia, and I think they really proved that today. As a state, we're a lot smaller in terms of an aviation community, but uh, we've all crossed paths at one point or the other, or we all have seen each other at other aerodromes or heard each other on the radio, things like that. And it's uh, good, good to come together here. It's good to network. But it's also good to put faces to voices and names and aircraft. Uh, it's great. It's been a good opportunity for me as well. Now, speaking of uh, rare aircraft, um, you were ground crew today for a really, really interesting one. Tell us about that. Yes, I was a ground crew for a 87% replica Newport, which is a World War One trainer aircraft. So that involved uh, hand starting the prop, pulling the chocks out, and guiding uh, guiding the aircraft pilot and own onto the runway. Uh, being a tail dragger, he can't really see that far in front. That was uh, hand starting a prop. Like, yeah, that was pretty impressive watching you. We were up in the commentary position and uh, going, oh, look, Mike is going to hand prop a Newport replica. That should be fun to watch. And you got away with it both hands and all your fingers. Uh, fantastic. Now, in the news this week, um, now we haven't got the benefit of being in front of our computers, but I guess the biggest aviation news around these parts uh, this week has been the announcement by the government that the Royal Australian Air Force will, in fact, be purchasing two, count them, two more C-17 Globemaster 3s, which is fantastic news because it increases our chance of getting a Meteorite. Oh, it's also good for Air Force capacity oh, yeah, as well. It's good for uh, you know disaster relief in the Asia Pacific area. It's good for uh, carrying goods around and taking um, equipment to the Middle East area of operations. Uh, but yes, I think the biggest news of the uh, two count them two taking us up to eight count them eight. I know, David. I know, but still eight for us. That's pretty big. Uh, I, that's uh, definitely going to increase our odds of getting a media ride. But also, I think uh, rumor is it that I don't know if the Kiwis are buying two as well. But it wouldn't surprise me if the RAF winds up uh, having a couple on rotation in New Zealand, helping out our Kiwi friends. Now we know there's a couple of I believe they call them whitetail aircraft that uh, Boeing have pumped out that are just looking for buyers. Yeah, it is a strong rumour that the uh, Royal New Zealand Air Force is uh, potentially looking at that, but then uh, Airbus is pretty keen to uh, be selling them a couple of A400Ms, mm. which is, I think, the only reason we saw that aircraft at uh, Avalon recently uh, here to demonstrate that. So uh, it'd be really interesting times. Probably uh, from a regional perspective, it would make more sense, I think, for the New Zealand Air Force to get the C-17s 
given that uh, we see so many of ours operating in the region, of course, but also we see a lot of the US ones you know, rotating through our part of the world as well. To me, that would make more sense. But what would I know, Greg? They could join the heavy maintenance over here with uh, the RAF, take advantage of the uh, supply line of logistics and so on. So there's a lot of a lot of good reasons for the Kiwis to get a couple of C-17s, but there's even better reasons for them to just send some money to Australia. So Australia can base a couple of uh, C-17s in New Zealand. That's even cheaper, mate. Yeah, well, either way, whatever works for me. So that makes eight aircraft. They're saying it's a $1 billion announcement. Uh, in that, of course, uh, includes uh, $300 million for an upgrade of RAF Base Ambly up there in Queensland. Obviously, the ramp up there at Ambly is uh, pretty chock full these days. It's uh, quite an exciting place to be, I imagine. Yeah, you've got uh, you've got the uh, C-17s, you've got the A330 tankers, you've got the Super Hornets, and I've heard rumour that the C-27s are going there as well. I, actually, I don't think that's rumour. I think that's been told to be fact. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be a very busy ramp at Ambly. I tell you what, if we ever want media rides with the RAF again, Grant, we're both going to have to pack up from Victoria and move to Queensland. Ooh, now there's a balance. I used to live in Queensland. Would I go back there for a media ride? No, would they let you back in there? That's the question. Yeah, no. Well, they let me transit on the way to Darwin, so oh, they didn't. Yeah. I don't think they knew that I was there before it was too late. Well, I'll tell you what. Speaking of travelling interstate, uh, we've got to get back to Adelaide Airport so I can hop on a Qantas plane and fly back to Victoria. We've got to go back to work tomorrow. What a downer after being here at an air show. Yeah, well, uh, I'm working all next week at Canoundra once again, up there playing with balloons. I'm the uh, safety officer and met officer for the uh, Canoundra Challenge hot air balloon competition. But of oh, about up to 40 hot air balloons with pilots from uh, Japan and France and Belgium I believe we've got um, I think we've even got a, a yank or two coming through and a whole lot of Aussies all uh, getting ready for the nationals later in Northam over in WA so it's going to be pretty exciting times and if I'm really really lucky at the very end I might be able to twist someone's arm and get a flight oh there you go there you go and Micah thanks for your help today you've uh, you've been really busy running around and doing you did a bit of commentary yourself for us today but of course you're uh, you're a commuter airline a regional airline pilot I suppose you've got to go back to work tomorrow and live the dream even more. I'll be honest, I've had such a good day today. I kind of don't want to go back to work tomorrow, but I'll get over it when I get some sleep. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> right. No worries, that's everything we have for you on this week's Australia Desk. Until next week, I'm Steve Vischer. And I'm Michael Lee. And I'm Grant McCarran. And I'm Chris Vischer. Hey, who? Hey, hey. wait a minute, wait a minute. Hey, cheers, folks. <laughs>